Hey, 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 everyone. Good to be here tonight. I um just got home from work and thought I would, you know, send out a podcast real quick. Um, wanted to ask you guys a favor for me. If you guys would, I don't know if any of you use Apple Podcasts um, or Apple, the platform to listen to podcasts on, but if you guys would give me some good reviews, I would really, really appreciate it. And anybody else listening, if you're, I, I get a lot of reviews on Apple, especially for some reason and not really anywhere else. Um, and you know, it's, it's like anybody that has something bad to say, they always make sure they say it. And the people that have things that are, you know, they, they think highly of you, they just enjoy listening and they don't really, you know, review too much. So they kind of show their support through listening, but it would be really nice to get some good reviews. <laughs> I had, um, I had a bunch of people this week tell me, you know, how they were so happy I was back and, I was, um, you know, that they love the podcast and people private messaged me and it was so cool. And then this one lady came on and I was like, I couldn't believe it. She said, um, she came on and said she didn't like my voice. And I was like, the last podcast I had done, um, I, I screwed it up. I, I put up a picture of the, um, the Las Vegas, Nevada they had that touchdown of the ETs that came out of the the um, spaceship that people had witnessed, and the uh, little thumbnail picture I used, I had used the one that my husband had sent me by accident because he had sent me. There was a bunch of pictures I had together, and I picked the wrong one and I put it up there. And then once you put it up there, and then you put it in through I use repurpose to put it on YouTube and once I do that I can't take it back down and edit it it doesn't let you it it you have to take the entire thing down and start all over again um, because you can't edit anything on your Spotify and then it actually goes through to YouTube edited it doesn't do that it, it doesn't you know cross edit so it was just a mess. And then, um, the podcast, I, I had a cold, I, I was <laughs> dealing with the cold. And so my voice was really husky and I thought, well, gosh, I've never had anybody tell me they hated my voice before. And I just was like, wow, that's so wrong to actually attack somebody's voice, you know, or even their appearance. It's, it's really just awful to do that to somebody. Um, because you're not saying you don't like their podcast, you're actually attacking their appearance or the way they sound or something. But it actually really taught me something because I, I had gone on to YouTube a couple times and there was a couple different, you know, you watch a lot of videos and you comment on things or you like them or dislike them. And I do that sometimes. I don't do it a lot, but it, it just made me realize that, you know, I never want to put something negative about somebody up again because when they do it to me, it really hurts. Like it, it, it bothers you. And, you know, we need to really be lifting each other up. And, and if you don't like something, you really don't need to say, like, you don't need to comment on it. And I thought that I was like, you know, that really didn't, she didn't really need to say that, you know, you didn't need to put down that you couldn't get past my voice and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, and, and, you know, you're allowed to obviously make comments that are, or, you know, if you don't like something, I'm not saying not to do that, but you know, when you're attacking somebody's like, you know, their looks or, you know, disabilities or their voice or something like that, it's like, that's, that's kind of wrong. So, but it, it taught me something and I thought, well, you know, maybe it was sent as a lesson to me and I kind of, you know, I took it like that and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change my ways because of it, but I would really appreciate some really positive uh, reviews, you guys. That would be awesome if you could do that for me. It just makes you, it kind of uplifts you and kind of keeps you going. Because sometimes when you get those negative reviews in, it, it kind of makes you not want to do it. Like it, it, it shuts you down a little bit, you know. So that would be great. Um, I had a psychic reading this week with Kathy Roller, who has been on, uh, she's been on TV and she's, done some things and I, the, the, um, uh, the reading was great. I'm going to put that up, but not on this episode. Um, and <laughs> this is kind of what the, the review did to me. I, I, I'm a little self-conscious now about my voice, so I don't want to put it up because, uh, she, uh, she, her voice is a little lower because it was, it was over the phone. It was a telephone reading. Um, so hers is a little lower and my voice is a little bit too, um, I would say, you know, 
just too loud in the in the in the interview because of the way it, it you know it taped. So I want to you know I want to kind of you know edit that a little bit, and make sure our voices are both you know just really nice to listen to. So I'll, I'll put that up um, probably you know the next. I'll, I'll try to get on that and do that for the next podcast. But it was a really neat. Um, it was a really neat reading and I really enjoyed her. She's really sweet and fun and we had a lot in common. I just, I really enjoyed it. So I'm kind of excited for you guys to hear it. I found myself when I was listening to it again, I found myself just laughing and smiling and it was kind of neat, but, and there's personal stuff in there. Whenever you do like, you know, readings and stuff like that, it gets into people's personal lives. So you might learn some things about me, you know, that you really don't want to share with the world, but what do you do? I mean, you've got a psychic reading. I mean, <laughs> a lot of stuff comes out. So what do you do? But um, tonight I just wanted to, you know, there was a, a story I wanted to tell you. It was a Sasquatch uh, sighting that was, it's really been bothering me. It's its um, something I just, you know, I found really awful. And I thought I would share it with you, you know, um, and then, you know, talk about some other things. So, and I wanted to tell you, I found this a bit remarkable. I was, I was actually talking to Kathy about, the Lord, you know, because my podcast is really meant to blend in where God and the biblical aspect of all the stuff that's going on in the world, you know, all the supernatural stuff, the, you know, the cryptids, everything, where it all fits in with, with God and with the, the biblical teachings and all that stuff. And, and Kathy had told me, she said, you know, um, every supernatural you know, paranormal researcher, when they go into a house, they're talking about God. They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about, you know, they're, they're doing exorcisms, quoting scripture. Like this is how you're getting these things to go away. So anybody that doubts that stuff, they have to be crazy. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, God told us that the way we battle things is that our tongue was a weapon, meaning what we speak, you know, when we quote the Bible, when we rebuke things in the name of the Lord, things like that, that is actually a weapon for us against the enemy, you know, and that's, that's a huge part of this. So I just, um, I found that it was really interesting that, you know, she was talking about that with me because I had, I had asked her about, you know, where she felt God fit into all this. And she was like, you know, that that's such, it's such a, just an integral part of all this, you know, and that's what my podcast really is about. So anybody that has a problem or, you know, anybody that doesn't believe in God, I mean, I'm not judging you, you know, it's not, it's, it's your right not to believe in the Lord, but I'm just kind of preparing you that, you know, that my podcast is, is, it's a blend of all of it. It, it. That's just, you know, what my beliefs are. It's what I feel is going on. It's what I feel. I mean, you see it over and over and over again, you know, stories of people that have aliens that walk through their wall in the middle of the night when they're sleeping and they wake up and they talk about Jesus and they just disappear, you know, and the people that don't talk about Jesus seem to get abducted. And I'm not saying no Christian ever gets abducted. I really feel what happens with people that are devout Christians, like when, you know, David Pilates talks about the missing people that were real devout Christians, I think they're snuck up on. I think that they didn't have, they don't have a chance to, you know, talk about Jesus or rebuke anything or quote scripture or any, or pray. And praying is so big, you know, and I just, I don't think that, I think that they're so, it, it's something that happens so quickly or unbeknownst to them that they don't, you know, they don't have the time. So I think that's what's happening with the Christian people that are dealing with this stuff. But I know, you know, there's just one account after another, just thousands of them that you could, I mean, you just hear it all the time. So that's a really big part of this. And if you don't believe in the Lord, you need to really rethink that because it's it's something that, you know, I really recommend if you don't believe in God, I really highly, highly recommend that you watch some near-death encounters where people see Jesus or they see God, you know, or they're taken to heaven. You really need to sit and watch that and watch tons of them, like all kinds of, you know, encounters where atheists, doctors that were atheists, you know, people that are 
you know, a lot of times people don't believe somebody unless they're real credible, unless they've got a title to their name, like a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer or a judge or a police officer, you know, things like that. Those people, you tend to to really trust what they're saying because they hold a high station in society. And because of it, you, you feel like they're not going to risk their reputation to lie or to make something up that already sounds crazy to so many people. So when you hear these accounts from people, especially people that are titled or they're, you know, they're just really good upstanding citizens of society and respected and loved and that type of stuff. And, you know, if they're atheists on top of that, and they're telling you, you know, that I died and I saw God, I saw Jesus, you know, and he's real, this is real. And when these people come back and they're telling you that this stuff is real, you need to start really paying attention because, this is real. I mean, this is not a joke. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, fairy tale land. I mean, this is, this is real stuff. I mean, it's, and it's, it's coming out more and more and more, you know, the, the finding of giant bones that they've covered up, you know, the ET, everything that they're, all the cover-ups that they've done are all coming out. It's all coming to light. Just like God said in the Bible, he, in the end times, he said that all the, everything that was covered would be uncovered you know, all the truths would come out. And it is, it really is. I don't know what the agenda is here. I was listening to um, this one podcast uh, guy that I like, I, I used to listen to him more, I don't as much anymore. Um, I just don't have a lot of time to listen to a lot of things. But he had he had a government agent on. And the guy and he's such a nice guy. And I've spoken to him before. I really like him. But he sounds like a good old boy, you know, that is like, you know, just the average, really nice guy, you know, that's trustworthy and you want to, you know, believe what he says and that type of stuff. And he's, he's just, you know, he's talking about this really nice person, you know, that's on there talking about this slow disclose that the government, you know, wants the people to know. And that, you know, now they're forming laws that, you know, are covering up um, it's going to protect the government officials that have lied to us all these years that have covered up everything all these years. You know, of course they have to form laws before the truth comes out because they can't, you know, of course they can't be prosecuted in any way or held accountable, you know, or sued. So they have to protect themselves. I mean, I, it must be nice to be able to commit a crime and then to turn around and before the crime is uncovered or as it's getting uncovered, well, hey, I'm going to go write myself a law that's going to protect my butt so that when this all does come out, I'm in the clear. You know, and it's like, I don't know how these people get away with this stuff. I really, I, it's, 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 it's just laughable. It, it's just the craziest stuff. Like you just can't even make the stuff up. And so, um, but he was just talking about this stuff. He was saying, you know, that it's, you know, the government wants, you know, this slow disclose to come out. And I was like, okay, that's great of the government. You know, after all these people have, have, have gone missing, kids have disappeared, probably have been eaten, or they're maybe down in one of the tunnels with all the masses and hundreds and thousands of children that are now down in, in, inside the earth, held in these catacombs where they're being eaten, used as experiments, you know, uh, predatorized sexually, you know, killed, used for sacrifice sacrifices, like all this stuff that's going on with all these children that these whistleblowers are coming out and they're talking about. And now, you know, he's saying, well, you know, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to come out and we're going to give you guys, you know, what, what we want you to know. We're not going to tell you everything, but we're going to give you scraps so that you guys, you know, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're okay with that. And, you know, you accept it. And because all these sightings are now popping off, you know, we know we have to say something. So first we're going to write laws and we're going to protect ourselves, you know, because of all these families that have now been destroyed, utterly annihilated because, you know, the parents were never the same again. The whole family has been ripped apart because one of the children were taken by a Bigfoot or a dog man or an ET or a government official or a pedophile or something, whatever feels like taking them or a reptilian. I mean, there's a whole list of names that we can give them, you know, but, but we're going to protect ourselves, And then we're going to come out with whatever information we think that we're willing to part with for you. 
so that because, you know, now you're seeing all this stuff coming out, you're hearing stories, you're you're listening to podcasts, you know, you're seeing sightings. Well, we got to tell you something. So, but, you know, first we got to make those laws so we don't get in trouble. We're not held accountable. Not that even when they get arrested, they, nothing really ever happens to them anyway. You know, it, it's, that's a joke. I mean, whenever you hear of, you know, you know, when, uh, um, Clinton was on trial, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's complete waste of time. It, it's a show. They put on a show. So, so it looks like they're doing something. And so he comes out and he's saying that, you know, we're going to tell you this stuff and we want to be your friend. We want to, you know, we want to disclose some things. And I went on there and I said, why? What's the agenda? Let's talk about that. Why now? Why does the government suddenly want us to, why, why do they want us to know anything? I mean, they've hidden so much all these, 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 you know, hundreds of years they've hidden it basically everything they could. They're poisoning our food. They're poisoning our air. I mean, our air hasn't been right since the so-called wildfires in Canada. And the people that have reported that the skies in Canada are crystal blue in some areas, but yet Pennsylvania, you can't walk outside and it looks like a complete smoke fest. You can smell it in the air. Some people said after the rain, there was all this white residual stuff that felt like it was almost plastic. It was tacky. So, I mean, it, it it doesn't add up. You know, everything they do, it, we are lied to, lied to, lied to constantly. And so they want to come out with, with some truths. And we don't even know if anything they say is true. There's nothing we know. And my take on it is that, and I've told you guys this before, they are amping up for the rapture. They know time is short. They know at any moment God can return and take all these people and Satan, or whatever is in charge of this, according to the Bible, it's Lucifer. He doesn't want us to believe in God. So when all these people disappear, what are they going to say? Are they going to say it was the rapture? No. They're going to say there was a mass alien abduction. And I think that's what the agenda is. Not to, like I said, and also the fact that they have to justify all these disappearances, all the, and all these sightings. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. These ETs are getting bolder. The dogmen are getting bolder. The Sasquatch are getting bolder. You know, the reptilians, the, the, even the, the ghosts and the spirits that inhabit houses. It's, it's like the stuff is getting a little crazy. Like it's really coming out. It's to a point where they cannot deny this stuff. And then there's supposedly going to be the return of the giants. And I know a lot of people think that the Nephilim are the Bigfoot. And that could be. There could be even different groups of them. There might be, I mean, in the Bible, they had many different like tribes of people that were described differently. So the Sasquatch could very well be one of the one of the clan of the giants or the Nephilim. They could be a branch of them. Personally, I feel that they were the production of the Watchers when they had experimented and they had, you know, spliced into the DNAs and had done all, all the stuff they had done. And I think that you know the these little like you know the chimeras and the and the the things that they were experimenting on. I think that's that's what they ended up with, with some of this stuff, but you never know. I mean, these could very well just be creations of God. They could be, you know, creations of the angels. They could be, you know, creations of Lucifer or, or the reptilians or the Draco or whatever, you know, people always talk about all these different, uh, you know, set, you know, groups of the underlords or whatever. And I just feel like, well, it all kind of, you know, boils down to the fact that it's all part of Lucifer's gang. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it's all blended together, but I imagine according to God, it probably is. So um, the story of the Sasquatch, Sasquatch story, I wanted to tell you guys that um, I promised to tell you last last podcast that I ended up taking down for now because I'm trying to figure out where the how I can uh, fix the thumbnail on that podcast. So if you missed it, I have it. I just have to reconfigure the whole thing and then I'm going to repost it up again. So just bear with me. 
Um, I have to work and do all kinds of stuff here, so I'm pretty busy. But so the Sasquatch story that is really it's it's really been disturbing to me. I'm going to share this with you. Um, there was a police officer that had gotten a call about this child that was running around naked, and he just you know he was kind of shocked by it, but he went out and he looked for this child for several hours and he couldn't find it anywhere. And so he went back to the station and, you know, did his thing, went home and didn't think anything else of it. Um, two days later, he got another call of a, of another naked child, um, by another, it was a different person that called this one in. So we went out again and he was searching the woods and, um, it was like a wooded area behind people's houses. And like I said, it was just two different people that had called. So he went out in back of the houses, got into the woods, you know, went out searching and he gets into this clearing and he comes upon this whole group of, it looked like, you know, they were women, they were human women that were pretty dirty and they were all naked. And he sees this child kind of dart out from somewhere and he, all of a sudden this enormous Bigfoot, which he didn't even know existed, comes running at the child and he starts screaming at him and the guy is just absolutely stunned and it looked like the Bigfoot was going to attack the child but the child ran to the group of women and they all made a circle and they huddled around the child to protect him and the Bigfoot were uh, or the Bigfoot was really uh, he was angry and upset and he actually took one of the women he like you know reached in and he grabbed one out and he like pulled it to him and he threw it down to the ground and he said he started having really violent you know sex with this woman and it was just the guy was just stunned he he just couldn't even believe it and then he said watching it was just the most disturbing thing he had ever seen in his life and he said that um he saw several other children come out and every all the all the people that looked like they were human were all naked and these children he said the one thing that he noticed about them were that their arms were really long like a lot longer than a normal child's arms and some of them had more hair on their body than they should have and you know obviously the bigfoot had reproduced with these human women and these these women could have been young girls that they abducted and they kept for wives and you know they obviously they got older and they ended up mating with them and reproducing these children that are half sasquatch and half human which sasquatch are part human as well so they would be able to reproduce with them if that's the case which obviously it was in this case especially um so they um he said that he was just sitting there observing this and it was just he just couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. And then he realized he, he looked over and he saw several other uh, huge Sasquatch, but they weren't quite as big as the one that had attacked the one girl. But he said they were they were very large and there was about, I think in total, he said there was like 15 by the time he had counted and he had stayed long enough to, to watch what was going on and some were coming out of the woods and others were leaving. And he said, but he noticed, um, there were two at the end of it, there were two, there were three extremely large ones all together. And then the rest were like, you know, 12 other smaller ones. Um, he said they were all male. You could, you could tell they were obviously all males. So these male Sasquatches in order to get mates, they abduct either women or female children and wait till they, you know, I don't know how long they wait till they come of age, but they, you know, they end up uh, mating with them. So he called this in and he, he marked where he was. He marked the spot with, um, I don't know what kind of device he did it with, but he marked it and then he backed out of there very quietly and he got away, which was shocking because usually you would think that they would hear something, but they didn't, or they didn't act like they did. And, um, he went back to the station and he sat down and he was just like beside himself. He he didn't know, he didn't even know what to do. He didn't know how to act or how to feel. And his captain was like, you know, what's wrong? And he told him, he, he told him exactly what he saw. And his captain was like, okay, well, let's go out and look, you know, check this out. And he said, we'll find where this was. And the guy said, you know, well, we, I, I marked it. I, I know exactly where it is. 
quick interlude about our most important sponsor. Be right back. So before he left, or they left the station to go out and look in the woods for this group, the captain had called in either a friend of his or an agency. He wasn't sure, but he said he obviously knew something about this because he knew who to call. And before he knew it, there were about 15 black SUVs with tinted windows that showed up and men got out that looked like they were, you know, secret service. Like they were, um, militant. There were some that were militant, others that were like, you know, working like different machines and stuff like that. But this was a group that, you know, obviously knew what was going on. They were used to these kind of sightings and reports and they, they were, you know, they were specialists that obviously hunted Bigfoot and, and cryptids. Um, and later he found out that they, they actually followed them. They actually would track Bigfoot sightings or dogman sightings and they would find them and they would try to dispose of them. And he had spoken to one of the guys that ran the one, um, it was like the uh, satellite uh, equipment. He said that he had told him that they're always one step ahead of them, that the Bigfoot are always one step ahead of the, the, the militant guys that they, um, they knew it, it, it's like, it wasn't like they knew that they were tracking them, but he said they have some kind of an ability like to kind of stay, you know, hidden or stay ahead of you. Like they just, they know how to, to hide. And he said that, um, the only way that they know where they are is when they get calls for missing people or missing children. And that's how they know where to find them. And then they'll go out and they'll track them and they'll try to, you know, uh, recover humans and they'll try to, um, you know, take out the, the cryptids. So he, um, so they, these guys went back out to the woods and they found the, the Sasquatch. And he said that you could, you could see on this machine, like this, uh, map and it had lights on it. He said that the, when they pointed these devices at the group, he said the Sasquatch showed up with blue lights. That's how their, their equipment read it. Like it, it read it with like, you know, when you do the, the infrared and the, the radar and all that stuff, they, they are the night vision. They have like different colors that'll come through. Like some of it's green, some of it's red, whatever. He said that the children of the group were part human and part Sasquatch. They would show up as red and the humans would show up as like green and the Sasquatch would show up as blue. And, and I just, I thought that was really crazy that the Sasquatch were blue, but it's, it's just interesting because a lot of these, um, the, the eyes, like the eye shine and stuff, a lot of people talk about them being like this blue color. So that was pretty crazy to me. So they're watching these beings and they're watching the humans. They're watching the children. They're watching the Bigfoot especially and they're seeing them. They can track everything with their devices. They're seeing their forms like when they get down and they crawl on all fours. You know, some were standing, some were down on all fours, some were sitting. They were, and they were, they were coming and going, you know, throughout the forest a bit. And some would always stay with a group and others were off doing stuff. And two of the males, the really large males, um, they left. They left the group. And they tracked the one. He went to this person's house. He was sitting in their backyard at a tree, at a station, for over an hour. It was a woman and her child in this house. And this Sasquatch, this really large male, was watching them. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So he's sitting there and they said that he did not even move. He didn't flinch. He, he just sat there as still as could be just watching them. So he was sitting there watching this house so he could abduct probably the child for food or for, you know, I don't know if it was a female child. He might've just kept it to use as another mate, or if it's a male child, he's going to, they're going to eat it. There's been so many reports that that's what they do. So they set their plan in motion that they would go in and they would recover the humans and the children. No idea what they did with the children or what their plans were for the children. I don't know what they would do with them. I mean, these, these children are part human and part 
Bigfoot and I don't know if they took them for experiments and then disposed of them or, you know, they kept them or I, I don't know. It's hard to say, but the plan was to go in and they would recover the, the women and children and then they were going to go in and take out all the Bigfoot. Uh, the, there was one main, the, there's three, like I said, three very large Bigfoot and there's three of them and 12 of them that were smaller. One of the Bigfoot, the really big ones, stayed with the group. Another one went off, and that was the one that was behind the house. The other one, they said, they believe, was the one that was sent out to hunt. And later they verified that he had returned to camp and brought in a deer and threw it in front of the group of the humans, and they were allowed to eat. So they watched these human women and these, uh, you know, half Bigfoot, half human children sit there and devour this deer raw. It was pretty sick. But if that's all you're able to eat, then that's what you have to eat. The The man that was in charge, that was higher up, gave the orders to take out the Bigfoot, the, the larger male, and then all the other, the smaller ones that were in the group first, the, the group that had the humans in it. That was the, the, um, group they wanted to take out first for whatever reason. So he gave the order and they went in with, um, silencers and they targeted them and they took them all out. And then they turned to the, the other one that was in the yard with, that was watching the woman and the child they gave the orders and they took that one out as well. The third very large male had, once he delivered the deer, they said he had gone back out into the woods and they waited for him. And they said as he was coming back, they, they could see his outline and his reactions and stuff like that through his body language. Um, they said that they could tell he had stopped a couple of times and kind of like listened and then turned and then went to move forward and would like, you know, take a few steps and then he would stop and he would just kind of like listen and turn his head like he could tell, they could tell that he could tell. He was detecting that something was off. It wasn't, you know, something was, was wrong. So um, they targeted him and they took him out and then they went in and they recovered the humans and the children and took them out in, in a, they said black helicopters came in and they removed everyone and, you know, came in and cleaned up all the, the, the bodies of the Sasquatch and, and, uh, did their thing to cover up all the, the, the mess and the tracks and the cleanup. And that was that. It was a very, very disturbing account for me, especially being a female and, you know, having daughters and, but just all of it. I mean, the fact that they, to, to, to get the information in here that, you know, they basically kill men because men are a threat to them, obviously. If they're taking female women and they're using them as mates or maybe even consuming some of them, who knows, then they would want to get the males out of the way. And they would kill them. And the children, they would also kill the, the, the male children. And the females, they would use to reproduce what they're mate with. And it's, 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 like, it's like a takeover. You know, it's, it's our world. It, it, there isn't a concern that we're going to be invaded. We have been invaded. We just don't realize it. You know, if, if they're reproducing with female women and creating a whole other species, they're trying to take over. Like they're, this is, you know, something that, you know, the, all the ET sightings, you know, spaceships coming out of water, coming out of mountains, all these sightings, all the, the stuff that's happening, you know, reproducing with humans, using them as, as experiments. And this has been going on for how long now? You know, our world has been invaded and we're going to have to come to grips with that somehow. So the officer that had initially gotten the call when all this went down, 
uh, the only reason he was able to stay was because the higher up that was on the scene was actually a man that he had served with in the United States Army. And he was told when he had first got there that, you know, he was allowed to leave and the officers told him there's no way he was leaving. He was staying and he wanted to know more about it. So he was allowed to stay and recount this to us later on in years. The women were to be reintroduced into society once they were taken in and put under, you know, very heavy psychological evaluation and, you know, basically just have everything retaught to them because some of them had probably been there, you know, since they were very small. Um, others had just, you know, they just basically had turned feral. The group that showed up in the 15 very dark SUVs, this is something that they do on the regular. And this is an organization of people that work together to hunt these beings and take them out. And the only way they know that they're where they are is when a child or a person ends up missing or dead. So I thought that was really awesome. You know, like they just, they don't know where they are until somebody ends up missing or they die in a really strange circumstances and they have a they have a, a, a liking for the flesh and meat of a child and they take the women as mates and they kill all and any males they come across if they're the you know I guess what you would say quote the bad ones I mean there are groups of Sasquatch that are peaceful but they are not all peaceful. Um, there are a lot of just full-blown killers out there. There are kidnappers out there who rape and keep women and possibly female children. And I'm just, I don't even know the words for this. And our government is now giving us a slow disclose and writing laws to protect themselves so that they don't get in any kind of trouble for all this. So I wanted to share that story with you. It was really disturbing to me. I just I I just sit and I shake my head. Some of these stories I hear, I just I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. The stuff that's going on is so wrong and it's so crazy. And these psychopaths in our government I, I just, I have such a hard time calling it the government, you know, to me, it's just a bunch of, of evil maniacs, whether they're human or not human, they're just a bunch of evil maniacs, you know, psychopaths that are running our country that have infiltrated our system and our country to a point where it's like the mob has taken over. Like our government is the mob only part of them aren't human possibly so they're demonic mobsters that run the show down here and i just i mean what do you do what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to fight this how do you fight it how do you win against something like that i think it's gotten so big on such a grand scale that i don't know how we can, I don't know where we begin. And I think a lot of us feel that it's become an, a monster. The entity, this whole thing is like an entity of its own. And it's become this complete monstrous machine that we don't know. I mean, we've allowed it because of our complacency all the years that we bought into believing that our government was good, that it had our best interest at heart, that, you know, we, we put our trust in all of it. And we, we didn't realize that, you know, we were infiltrated by ETs and reptilians and, you know, demonic like beings. Like we didn't, people didn't want to accept it. It sounded too fantastical. They just, they couldn't come to grips with that. I mean, there's no way they would believe that. 
And that's what was going on this whole time. And now that all this stuff is coming out, it's coming to light. We're sitting back like, what do we do now? How on earth do we win, you know, over these, these, these beings? This isn't just like winning over humans. This is winning over, you know, like things you read out of a, a fairy tale book or, you know, nightmare stories or, you know, like it's just, you can't make it up. And it's like, you know, what do we do now? So the only thing I just keep feeling from God is that we have to start praying like crazy in group, groups of prayer. Like we have got to start grouping up in mass groups, as many as you can. Just find people to pray with you and start praying that the, the, that they're, you know, removed from power, that everything is brought to light, that, you know, they're rebuked and that they're, you know, say no. Supposedly when Ever they want to do something, they tell us what they're going to do and they use movies to do it. They use, um, like, you know, the, 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 the Simpsons is a big one. They, they use that cartoon movie and they, or even like South Park and they come out and they, they, they make this stuff up. The Simpson is, is, uh, the Simpsons is a very unique show in the way that almost everything that it comes out with comes true, like years down the road. And so it's like this predictive programming thing that they talk about. So the rumor is that they use, you know, our television shows and movies and even music and such to tell us what they're going to do. And in a sense, we're giving them our permission by watching it, enjoying it, just kind of accepting it in an in indirect way that we're not even aware that we're doing. So the biggest thing we need to start doing is saying, no, no, you have no rights over me. No, you cannot do this. We are not giving you permission to, you know, change our money system into the beast system and the, you know, the stuff, all the, you're not allowed to poison our food. You're not allowed, allowed to poison our water. We say no. As a mass group of people, we say no. We've got to take the power away from these beings. You know, somebody's got to do something. I don't know if it's gotten so big. I feel that it has, that the only one that can truly fight this is Jesus, that he has to come back and he has to fight this because we've allowed it to get so large and to grow so large without realizing what we were allowing. And that's why he has to return because he knows that. And he knows that the only, God knows that the only way this is going to be defeated is through him himself. And I just, I could just, you know, it, it's so hard to, to believe that all this has been allowed to like fester and grow. And we were so ignorant. We've been put in this just, you know, oblivion. Like we had no idea what was really going on. We had no idea what was out there. We had no, we have no idea what's really running, not just our country, but countries. This isn't just a one country thing. This is worldwide. You know, if anybody thinks this is limited to one country, oh, no, no. These leaders, they work together to some degree. Trust me. What's in charge? What's truly in charge? This is like a one world. That's why they talk about the one world government, the one world religion. It is. This is a, a joint effort amongst the real high ups. So it's it's a uh, it's just something that I don't know. I I just I I feel sad. I feel very. I don't feel. I wouldn't say defeated because I know that the Lord can take take care of this. I I prayed tonight that He would clear our skies and you know clear our water, clear our our air, clear our you know food, everything. You know just just disable their power over us. But there's things that's going on that was, you know, the, the revelation in like the book of Revelation in the Bible, there's some of it we can't stop. It's, it's like no matter how much we pray, it has to come to pass because it's been written. It's been, it's been told. 
that this is what's going to happen. So then that's the other thing. That's the other aspect of all this with people is how do you stop something that's been, you know, foretold that it's going to happen? You can't stop it. I don't think. I mean, if it's in the if it's in the Bible that this is what's going to happen, how do you stop something like that? Well, then you have to let it play out. And the best thing you can do is just try to protect your own family and yourself and do a lot of praying. And the protection comes with, you know, your tongue, with, with the words that you speak. And you have to remember the words that you speak, anything that you say that's negative, you are actually speaking a curse over something. So say somebody has, you know, a child that's in their family that's an addict, like he's going through addiction issues. And, you know, the parents are talking one night and they're upset and they're worried about their child and they're sitting there and you hear the mother say, you know, he's never going to get, you know, he's never going to stop doing this. You know, he, he's a, co you know, he's a cocaine addict. He's, you know, he's this, he's that, he's never going to do this. He's never going to do that. She's actually speaking curses over that child. You're actually making it so when you speak that what everything that you speak has a vibration. It has a life to it. There's a force to it. That's why Jesus talks all of his teachings. He tells you, you know, you don't speak things that are negative. When you're sick, when you have a headache or when you're not feeling good, the worst thing you can do is say, I'm not well. I'm not feeling good. I'm sick. This is hurting. You don't say that. Every time you say that, you're glorifying the demons and the dark entities that are causing you to be sick. When we're sick, it's because something out there in the world, in the, in the spiritual world, is making us sick. It's attaching to us, and it's causing disease and illness and sickness. And it, it's all part of the dark side. So when you speak about being sick, like say you catch yourself, you know, if you start to say, oh, my head hurts. Okay. Because we're so used to talking like that, we've been kind of, you know, I, I always call it brainwashed, but we've been taught to put spells over ourselves and our family and everybody around us through the way we speak. We've been taught that, how to, you know, that this is the stuff you say. Think about swear words. You know, when people say the Lord's name in vain, or they say there's so many of our words that we don't realize come from uh, evil spirits, the names of evil spirits. You know, it's putting curses over our life. You would not believe it. You would not believe it. But you have to, like, if you catch yourself and you say, you know, I have a headache, okay, if you hear yourself saying it, catch yourself and say, but it's going to be healed today in the name of Jesus. Reverse it. Turn it around. You know, if you feel you need to tell somebody you have a headache, okay, you can tell them. But even if you don't say it in front of them, say it to yourself, but it's going to be healed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I am healed. In the name of Jesus, my family is delivered and saved. My son is no longer a drug addict, or he will be delivered and saved from this drug addiction. In the name of Jesus, I profess this over my child's life. That's what you have to learn to say. You cannot continue to speak bad things about other people. Road rage is a big one. Like I have a problem with that. When I'm out in public and I'm driving, I am constantly like going off on people in my head or speak things out loud. Like somebody cuts in front of you, somebody tailgates you, somebody high beams you. You're always like yelling at people because they just do the dumbest things and it drives you crazy. And you know, you have to learn to kind of control that anger because that's like a spirit of anger. It's trying to cause you like conflict in your life. It's trying to raise your blood pressure, you know, get, get everything like going in your body that's negative. These are all negative forces. And you notice it. Like if you're the type of person like I am, when I go shopping, I don't like to be crowded. And I will go shopping with somebody that never gets crowded when they go shopping. But when I'm shopping, you can bet every time somebody is right like in back of me or crowding me in stores or tailgating me or like I am, it's like I'm a magnet for it because the demonic entities know that I don't like that. So they're constantly setting things up, you know, setting fights up in your house. Every single time Matt and I have an argument in our house, after the argument's done that night, by that night, the cupboards will move or shut or we'll see something like, like a, a shadow figure 
you know, and you're just like, that's the, the little SOB that was here causing me and Matt to fight. So it, it like, these are entities, these things are real, you guys, like this stuff is happening. So when you talk about anything or anybody, including especially yourself or people you love, you know, make sure if you find yourself saying something that's negative, turn it around for something positive at the end of the sentence until you get used to speaking less negatively, because everything you say that's negative turns into a real, you know, energy. It's an energy that you're letting out. So it, you know, I'm not trying to get all like, you know, existential here and, you know, talk all this, you know, like, you know, crazy stuff where people are like, oh yeah, you know, you gotta be real, you're a positive in life. And this, I mean, there is truth to this. This is real. It's, it's a real energy. They're real spirits. You know, there's real like demonic or spiritual forces around you that, you know, want you to speak like that, want you to speak curses over your life and curses over others by giving the energy out that's negative. So think about this. I mean, really, really try to incorporate this into your life and, and just, you know, all night long, you know, every time, every time you can remember, you know, just say, you know, I am healed in the name of Jesus. My child is delivered and healed in the name of Jesus. Just remember to say it a lot. This is your weapon. This is your weapon against this. Everything that's going on around you that's that's bad, that's negative, or that's you know causing issues in your life of in any way, those are those are the forces that are working against you. And your weapon is your is your words, and you have to use the Lord in order to deliver those blows to them, to get them out. And sometimes you might have to do it every single day. They never rest. They never tire. They don't get sick of coming back at you every single day. It's constant. But I wanted to tell you when I started out um, the podcast, I had this headache. And I just want to you know, say this just to give the Lord some glory here. I had a headache. I've been dealing with it for oh, maybe like close to two weeks maybe. I'm really bad with time. But um, I, I hadn't really said much to God about it. And usually I pray about everything. And sometimes I forget, sometimes like if I get ill or something happens, I just, I, you know, you get so used to not feeling good when you're dealing with like autoimmune diseases and things like that, that you just kind of accept it and you just kind of wait each day for it to get better and you don't really say much. And I really, like yesterday, I really, really prayed. I was like, Lord, please help me with my, you know, head. Please, you know, you know, heal it completely. Heal all the, you know, arteries, veins, whatever's going on. It felt like a pinched nerve, but I don't know. It's just really awful. And I still have a little bit of it, but it's nothing, you know, it was just really crazy. Because last night, like after I really prayed a lot, I was sitting there and I was eating dinner. And I got done with dinner and I went into the room and all of a sudden it just lifted like the real stabby it felt like somebody was jabbing me in the head with a knife and after I prayed when I actually finally really prayed about it I went into the the my bedroom last night and the pain was just lifted and I was like wow god you're just like you're just you're you're my best friend like I I don't know what I would ever do without him and I love him so much and I just I know that whenever I'm having an issue you know, he knows my heart. He knows I love him. He knows, he knows I'm always trying to not sin. And I'm really repentant about like, you know, sin. And, and I'm always trying to walk with him the way he wants me to. I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes, you know, but I don't try to, like, I don't really want, to, I, I don't want to sin at all. Like if I could not sin ever, I, I wouldn't ever. So I'm very aware of what I'm doing and what I'm saying and what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. I'm always aware of it. And I'm always searching to be better and to try to improve, you know, the my life where I'm not sinning and I'm I'm giving up things and sometimes you have to do it gradually like give up one sin at a time or whatever so you know and I think when your heart is in that place with God when you really are close to him and you're walking close to him and when you pray to him he really works in your life because it's like you know you're his like you're really trying and he knows your intent and I think that's what we're judged on when we actually are judged one day I think it's on not just our actions, but our intent, which is what our heart is, you know, and it just, it's just really neat to me that I, I feel like I can go to him for anything. And he just, he's just, boom, it's just done. It's, it's there. And you know, he did it. You know, he helped you with it. You know, he's working and it's, it's just the most amazing feeling. Like he's, he's just the most 
wonderful friend and, and father and savior and, you know, everything, you know, that you could have. And it's, I, I just, I really feel for people that don't have him, you know, that aren't really close to him like that because he's really cool. You know, I sit last night, I've been watching all these really like, I watch a lot of like the supernatural stories and stuff like the, the hauntings and the near death experiences and stuff like that, because I want to know, it isn't just entertainment for me. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what people are dealing with. I want to know what's out there. I want to know how to fight these things. I want to know what causes people to, to get them to come into their lives as well. You know, so I'm very interested in constantly investigating and researching all this stuff. So it's not just a, you know, an entertainment thing for me. And I was sitting there and I, 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 I watch movies with Jesus. Like I'll sit there and the whole time I'm commenting and I'm talking to him and I'm kind of like chuckling. Cause I'm like, he's probably like so sick of me watching this stuff. You know, he probably doesn't really want me to do this too much, but like, you know, he also, like he knows I'm kind of researching it. I'm trying to, you know, figure out like how to help people and, and what to talk about and, you know, stories that you listen to and things like that, that you want to share with other people. And, uh, but I sit there and I talk to him the whole time. I'm like, Jesus, can you believe that? I'm like, you know, this person, you know, that's crazy. You know, it's a crock of, you know, garbage if this person did this. And I just kind of chuckle because I'm like, like, I feel like he's sitting there like with me all the time watching stuff with me when I'm watching things or, you know, I'm driving. Like I'm just constantly talking to him. And it's just it's a really cool relationship. You know, it took me a long time to really get to this point with him. But I really got to a point with him where he literally is my best buddy. Like we're together all the time. I love him. I, you know, I'm always telling him. I'm sorry if I curse or if I, you know, yell at somebody in traffic. I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord, you know, I, I got to do better. And, you know, but I'm I'm always aware that he's there. It's like a constant awareness. As soon as I get up, as soon as I go to bed, like I'm just, you know, he's just there with me all the time. And I know he's there. And it's like, it's really, it's so neat, you know, to get to that point with him. Because I, I really, you know, I was younger. I used to be like, I thought that, it was such a hard thing to even pray, you know, even praying was like, you know, it was like a burden to, to, oh, I forgot to pray yesterday. I forgot to read my Bible. I forgot to give the Lord who actually came here and died for me any time whatsoever, you know, that day. I mean, it was just too much to ask me to pray, you know, so it just, that's where I was at with that. And, and as I've gotten older, I've really just grown into, into him, you know, I just, I don't know what I would do without him. And, and I pray that each and every one of you that are listening, I pray that you all get to that point. And it starts with giving up sin. It starts with trying to, to, being, to being aware of what you're doing, that it's wrong, admitting that it's wrong, you know, like fess up, you know, you know don't try to sugarcoat it, you know, don't try to justify it, you know, admit that when you're doing something that's messed up or it's wrong, or, you know, if Jesus was right beside you, which he is, that you wouldn't be doing it. And that's how you live your life. You live your life that you say to yourself, if Jesus was standing right beside me right now, would I be saying this? Would I be doing this? Would I be thinking this? Would I, you know, be going to this place or, you know, doing this action? And if the answer is no, then you don't do it because guess what? He is right there beside you at all times. And you can never forget that. So that's how you live your life. You don't even steal a pen or a penny. You don't take anything. You don't lie. You know, the sexual sin, that's probably one of the hardest things we deal with is sexual sin. That, that you know, the fantasies, the thoughts you have, the, the lust, um, you know, the fact that our entire world has now been taught that it's accepted that you have premarital sex, you know, sex out of marriage or sleeping with married people, you know, or any of that stuff. That is so wrong. That's one of the Ten Commandments. That's how big of a sin that is. But our society has led us all to believe it's okay. It's what everybody's doing. So if everybody else is doing it, then it must be okay. And it's not, it's not okay. But you got to work at it every day. You know, take one sin at a time. That's what I did. I started out with one thing and I worked my way up. And I once I mastered one, I worked on, I, you know, moved on to another. And that's what helped me. And I'm still working at stuff. 
you know, there's still things that I, I still, you know, mine mostly I'd say is anger. I have a lot of anger issues at times, not all the time, but you know, I have, you know, I just have a tendency to, to be, uh, not as, you know, accepting with people like that crowd me and stuff, you know, in public and stuff like that. So I have to work on some of that, but there's still things every day I'm working on. And there's, I'm sure there's going to be more things I'm, I'm made aware of as I go. So, but just work at it. That's my podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I love you all. You have a great night and I will be talking to you soon. Take care, everyone.